The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 99. How can creative thinking be useful in sports sponsorship? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who's a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports sponsorship. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Andy Westlake. Andy is a sponsorship consultant at Westlake Consulting and chairman at the European Sponsorship Association, where he has over 30 years of experience working in the sports industry, specialising in business sponsorship and sports marketing. I can happily say that it's fantastic to have Andy as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode, Andy will share his sports career journey and explain to you how creative thinking can be useful in sports sponsorship. Andy, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Uh, blimey. So, my well, my career started in 1990. I spent nine years in commercial radio. So, actually, my I, I, when I started my career, I had nothing to do with sport whatsoever. Um, and I wouldn't call myself uh, sort of a, a massive sports advocate as a kid. I was sort of, you know, pretty impartial to sport, if you like. But then I, I ended up in a in a media agency, a media buying agency, um, really focused on broadcast sponsorship originally because of my radio background. And we quite quickly got an opportunity to um, to pitch for some brand work in the world of sport, applying some of the logic and the planning and the strategic rigor that that agency put into their media work. And we ended up winning some work with CGU, the insurance company now called Aviva, um, we ended up winning some work with Visa Europe, running their Olympic program for the Turin Winter Games, which um, dates the work somewhat. Um, we ended up work, winning some work with Spec Savers and, and did a, a variety of projects. And so that kind of introduced me, if you like, to the world of sport and the power of sports marketing. I was a real ad- advocate and ambassador for sponsorship, for broadcast sponsorship. And all of a sudden realized, actually, that there was this amazing industry Um the sports marketing industry that had more power, more influence, more effect than anything I'd ever worked on before. And so I was smitten at that point. So I was kind of given an opportunity, if you like. And this was 20 years ago, given an opportunity, which I loved. Um, and I went uh, headlong then really into the into the sports marketing business. I find this really interesting. Just before 1990, would you mind explaining to the listeners your academic background or what studies you've done beforehand? Plymouth Polytechnic, I did a, um, a psychology degree. And yeah, I kind of came out of university, not with a particular vision or particular master plan. I knew I wanted to get into, into the media in some way, shape or form. That was uh, a... Um, 
uh, you know, a part of the of the business world that had appealed to me at that point in time. But as I say, it was I, I would love to sit and say I had this really, really robust strategic plan that said this is where I'm going to end up in 20 years. But it wasn't really like that. Um, I ended up in radio more through more by luck than judgment. But I've I've been the recipient of some really, really lucky breaks over the over the 30 years of my career. And also, I've um, I've been very, very clear about the things that I've loved and I've pursued them, um, you know, vigorously after that, which is kind of why why I am where I am now. But, yeah, I mean, the psychology degree was helpful to an extent because it it gave me, um, you know, the academic rigor. Um, that, that everybody needs in their professional life. And I think psychology also um, demands that you have belief in your own point of view um, when you're ans- ask, answering a, a specific question. And in the world of sport, um, you know, you often are asked to have a point of view on a particular subject. And I think, again, you have to believe in the validity of your own points of view. So I think it taught me a bit. Just relating to the sports industry as a whole now, looking at those last 20 years have you seen the sports industry develop from your career perspective well i mean i think it's it's transformed uh, considerably over that time and i think um 20 years ago uh, you know i think the, the the sponsorship industry was much more of a of a thing if you like there were people in brands that were called the sponsorship department and the sponsorship department would worry where the branding was when the athletes were going to turn up um how much print PR they were going to generate, um, you know, the simple rights management stuff that, um, you know, there's a, a list of contractual things in the contract. And so how are we going to make sure they deliver brilliantly every time? I don't think it was as much as it is today, a, a function of marketing. I think nowadays you see marketing directors owning the remit for sponsorship and great marketing, uh, great sponsorship, sorry, is, is now, um, great marketing it's the magic dust that a marketing director sprinkles over their campaign not only their external facing campaign but the campaign to engage their their staff their stakeholders their their you know their their employees and everybody else in their in their corporate ecosystem so i think sponsorship has turned into a, a real um marketing centric function now inside an organization and so it demands creativity it demands rigor it demands measurement measurement it's a really really exciting time i think to be on in our industry and with digital and social media and you know all of that stuff that's really come about since you know certainly in the last 20 years i think um you know brands now have a, a unique opportunity to put themselves in the middle of the discussion between um between fans and the sports that they love and for those organizations to authentically add value to those experiences so i think we're in a brilliant brilliant time for the world of sponsorship but i think the old model of sponsorship that worrying about the the, the branding and counting the media value of that branding is such an old model and i think marketing directors now see through it so i think that's probably you know, the old model is is just redundant now, I think. And so great sponsorship um, is is about great marketing. And so, you know, we have to think much more like a marketeer. Absolutely. And what you're talking about really relates to today's main podcast topic. How can creative thinking be useful in sports sponsorship? Well, look, I mean, uh, to that to that point that I just made, if you sign a deal with a football club and the only thing you worry about is where the logo is going to go, and the logo on the backdrop and the hospitality leverage 
then you aren't going to make an authentic and exciting connection with the fans of that football club because they'll just see your logo. They re- they won't really know what you stand for. Um, you know, sponsorship really well executed puts, as I said earlier, it puts the brand in the middle of the relationship between the fan and the club that they love. And so with that football example, you know, authentically adding value, using your ticket allocation to give brilliant promotions to the customers that you want to reach, um, giving um, your customers a genuine, genuine opportunity to be the VIP guest of that club. You know, there's so many more opportunities now for um, for creativity to um, bring the relationship to life between the, the fan and the, and, the, and, the, and the sports that they love. Um, so, yeah, creativity now has to be at the heart of, of executing brilliant sponsorship because without it, it's just wallpaper. A friend of mine at, at my, my previous business at Fast Track used to say it's like the toy without the batteries. You know, it just sits there looking pretty, but um, no child will ever have any joy from it because it doesn't do anything other than sit there and look pretty. You put the batteries in and you get transformation, you get um, engagement, you get, you know, genuine um, excitement about the intersection of that brand and the, and the sport. So, yeah, creativity has to be at the heart of brilliant sponsorship uh, activation. Um, and, you know, that's why we see so many great award winning campaigns that do have creativity and brilliant ideas and digital and social execution and content production at its heart, because that's where the magic happens. You don't get any magic dust without creativity. It's just a bit dull. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm a great believer in the power of creativity and sponsorship. And I think, um, you know, we're at a time where innovation and great new ideas will um, will will win awards and will create um, campaigns that will long li- live long in the memory, I think. Just for people who are listening and right now and would like to work in sports sponsorship, what career skills, in your opinion, do you need? Look, I think you need um, some basic skills. You know, you need the, the, the writing skills and presenting skills and sales and negotiation and all of that good stuff. You know, you need the kind of basic business skills that you'd need in any other sector, frankly. Um, I think you do have to have a, a creative head, um, as we as we talked about, and as is the, as is the topic of conversation today. I think creativity um, helps you to elevate yourself above the crowd because people are looking for great new ideas. Um, they're looking for people to be able to translate the innovation that's happening in the digital world into the sports marketing world more actively, and that takes a bit of creativity and a bit of bravery. Um, I, I also think you need the you know the, you need the ability to get the, the very best from those around you. You know, so the teamwork ethic is an incredibly powerful thing. And I think you know in the world of sports marketing, um, the the ability to work as a team and to be able to develop brilliant ideas together is is a is a real skill that um, that that that's important. I, I also think you know like like you have with this podcast, I think you have to. Um, you have to be more than just a lover of sport. Um, you have to be a lover of the power of sport from a marketing perspective. And I know that sounds a bit trite when you're talking about sports marketing, but I used to hear from graduates all the time when I was in my previous role at Fast Tracklers. I'd say, well, why do you want to work in sport? And they say, well, I just love sport. Well, yeah, but everyone loves sport, don't they? You know, So you've got to be um, 
an advocate and enthusiast for the world of sports marketing. And, th- and it's very easy to do that because there's lots and lots of resources out there that will give you an opportunity to get under the skin of how this business works. And so, yeah, uh, those would be the key skills, I think. That is great. And I really hope the listeners take that on board. Would you mind explaining to the listeners what the European Sponsorship Association is all about? Because I think this could be a great resource for them. Yeah, sure. So I, I've, I've been on the board of ESSA for two or three years and I took on the chairman role uh, about six months ago. So, yeah, ESSA is um, – it's a trade body that represents the interests of the, of the sponsorship community. Um, we have members, brands – um, agency, uh, agencies and, and rights holders in our community. And our brief, if you like, is to in- inspire, unite and grow the sponsorship industry. Um, we do that uh, without the, the sounding like it's, it's, it's off a script. You know, we have four, we do four things. We run lots and lots of events for our members. So we run monthly events with, you know, great speakers. We have an ESSA Awards program. Um, where we, you know, champion the very best work in the European community. So that's that's one thing. We um, we run a, a bunch of educational resources. So we have a, our, our, I guess our, our main program is called the ESSA Diploma, which is um, a specific qualification in the world of sponsorship. Um, we've had over 300 uh, alumni now go through that course. We have about 60 or 70 students every year. We do some policy work, a little bit of policy work, you know, around some of those key policy areas, alcohol, gambling, um, high sugar, salt, sugar and fat, all that kind of stuff. And then we uh, we also provide some resources to to our members. So case studies, you know, information on the size of the market. Um, We try to share our members uh, research insights so that our community understands how sponsorship works in more detail. And if your listeners want to sign up for the newsletter, there is a free newsletter that you can get. Um, I'd encourage anyone that's listening to go to the ESSA website, which is www.sponsorship.org. And there'll be a place on there where you can just sign up for the newsletter. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's a great resource. There's, there's a, a limited amount of information on there if you're not a member, but your listeners will be able to get access to some old case studies and some information. And then there's an email newsletter that comes out to them. So, so yeah, but it's, a, it's a great organization. We represent, um, a, you know, a decent proportion of the industry. My vision is to get everybody that's in the sponsorship industry as a member of ESSA, because if we have everybody in, then we'll have a great deal more resource and we'll be able to evidence the power of our community much more effectively. Um, so that's the mission, I guess, over the next few years to raise the profile and to, and to bring more members to the table. But, yeah, we'd love to have your students, your student listeners and the listeners to the show um, to be much more actively involved in ESSA. Absolutely. There will be a link relating to this blog post where you can uh, opt in. Just relating back to your career now, what have you been up to recently? I was, um, as you know, I was a CEO of, a, of an agency called Fast Track until 2015. Um, I've been there 13 years, so I left and I set up my own consultancy called Westlake Consulting. It didn't take too long to come up with a name, obviously. Um, chairman of ESSA, I sit on the board of um, Bucks, British University and College of Sport, which, again, many of your listeners will be aware of. And I'm also actively involved with my local um, ladies football club, Chesham United Ladies, um, because my daughter plays football there. So I do a number of things. But, yeah, Westlake Consulting, you know, the brief there is is working um, in partnerships in sports. So I work for brands who are scratching their head about how to get into um, and activate relationships with sports rights holders. And I do work with rights holders. 
um, that are looking to understand the commercial value of their rights and um, and also going taking them to market a little bit. So I do some sales and some um, you know publicising of of some of my clients' um, rights that are available. So yeah, doing a, a number of those sorts of projects at the moment. But yeah, it's good. It's good fun. It's good fun. It's nice to um, have the, the a slightly different view of the world being a freelancer than being in the corporate com- corporate environment. But it's good fun, and I really enjoy the ESSA work as well because you know it feels like I'm I'm helping to drive the industry forward across Europe. Just on a personal note, then, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career? Looking back right now, that's a good question. What have I enjoyed the most? I mean, I, I've I've enjoyed. Um, I've enjoyed being part of building a great business. Um, you know, at Fast Track, I was I was in in that business for 13 years, and and we have, I still see people that work to Fast Track that say it was the best place that they ever worked. We have an alumni um, of all the people that have ever worked at Fast Track, and actually, an email just went out this week to all of those people, inviting them to a drink later in the summer. And they're an amazing group of people are doing an amazing array of things you know big brand jobs big rights holder jobs big agency jobs um but no i'm very i was i, I really enjoy being part of that that great business um i i'm very proud of the award-winning work that we've done over the years and that stretches back 25 years um we did some work with um, dhl way back in the mists of time that won some great awards we did some work with ricky hatton on ricky hatton's comeback fight which won a sport industry award for best use of social media, we won lots of big agency award, marketing magazine agency of the year. Um, so yeah, the, all that sort of a brilliant award-winning work, I'm I'm always very very proud of. And I guess the other the other thing that I'm, I'm I've enjoyed is is the relationships, you know. And and again, that's that's a, th- a thing I would really encourage your listeners to to really nurture over their careers, which is the network that they build. Because if you um, nurture the nurture the relationship, every single relationship you make professionally, nurture it throughout your career, because they're all helpful. And the bigger the network, and the more engaged you are with those people on the way through your career journey, they'll um, they'll that will all be of benefit to you in the future. So yeah, now I've enjoyed being part part of great businesses. Actually, going right back into my radio days, I was part of a business called Media Sales and Marketing. And it was a fantastic place to work. And everybody that worked there has very, very fond memories of their time involved with it. But, yeah, being part of Fast Track, doing great work, building great client relationships that have lasted the test of time. Um, you know, all of that stuff fills me with great joy. <laughs> I think you just highlighted a really important point there, Andy, about networking. It's a, such a buzzword, but how you described it is so true. It's even how we're connected today. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview. I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university students who want to pursue a career in sports sponsorship? Yeah, so, well, I mean, some of it reflects on some of the stuff that we've already talked about, Ed, I think. I mean, it's it, it, the advice would be... It, really think about why you want to be in this industry it's not it's got to be more than i love sport it's a really important point but i i heard probably 500 graduates say that to me over my 13 years at fast track and i don't think i employed any of them it's got to be about more than i love sport um read about the industry watch what you can listen to your podcast whenever it comes out you know, be a sort of voracious reader and an, an enthusiast for what's going on in the market. Um, work hard to connect with, you know, people of influence and work the network 
and don't give up. I mean, I, you know, it is it is a people industry, um, and often it is not what you know, but who you know. That's not necessarily a good thing. But a lot of the people that you'd want to know will eventually give in <laughs> and give you an audience. So I think don't give up. Um, and uh, and if if um, I can ever be helpful to any of your listeners, then you know you can they can hunt me down on on LinkedIn or on Twitter or whatever. And um, um, within reason, I'll, I'll attempt to be helpful. But yeah, I mean it's um, it's a, a wonderful industry to work in. I think it's it's a brilliant opportunity to compare to combine your your passion with a with a channel that has real marketing um, impact it is the magic dust absolutely the magic dust that a marketing director can sprinkle over anything that they're doing and so i continue to be a real ambassador for the power of our industry um and you know the more people that from university that decide to make a a beeline to the sports marketing world is, is a great thing. Andy, that is great. I know you've mentioned it very briefly, but how can people interact with you online? Um, well, so Twitter at Andy Westlake, um, LinkedIn the same. Um, Andy Westlake, you'll find me um, on LinkedIn. And, and if anybody wants to send me an, a LinkedIn invitation, please just don't send the standard one. You know, just put a couple of words in that said they heard me on your podcast and they'd love to uh, connect because I get, you know, we all get lots, don't we? But I only connect with people if there's a sensible reason to do so. So, um, but I'll, I'll willingly do that if I hear anybody or if I get anybody that comes as a result of this. That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Andy, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. What a brilliant interview from Andy. And I really do hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. For me, the biggest learning lesson I've taken from this interview is getting a better understanding how sponsorship has moved from the last 20 years, that it's not just about that logo on the shirt. There's got to be more meaning. There's got to be more creativity with an agency working with a sports team. There's got to be more value for a fan, for example, if it's a sponsorship at a football club, for example. And for me, this is vital because it really does relate to today's podcast topic that having that creativity in a working environment is vital because it creates new ideas and new ideas create new opportunities. And these opportunities create better value for the consumer experience, for example. And this is vital if you want to have a better understanding how to pursue a career in sports sponsorship, but most importantly, also in the sports industry from a business perspective anyway. So I really do hope you found this interview helpful, which you can apply to your sports career ambitions now by taking action and good luck. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Andy said, really think about why you want to work in the sports industry. It's got to be more than I love sport. So read about the industry and work hard when connecting with people of influence in the sports industry. And before you know it, your career in the sports industry will be a reality.